When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, joining me today, Jordan Blackwell. Welcome back, Jordan. I was flying solo last week. It was a bit awkward, but I'm glad you're here with me, feeling better. And um, we're going to, well, feeling better, but we're going to be talking about uh, something that's not making uh, Leicester City fans feel particularly great at the moment. We're going to be reflecting on uh, last Thursday's um, game against Southampton, a rather frustrating 0-0 draw. Before we get into that, I'd just like to remind you, Beer52.com are our sponsors. If you want to head over to Beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester to register. You can be enjoying eight beers from around the world for free. All you got to do is pay the postage and pack in. All right, let's get on to uh, the mm-hmm. Southampton game because I think a few City fans might need a drink after, <laughs> after watching that game because it was very, very frustrating. Yeah. Um, let's look at the game overall first of all. Um, there's quite a few fans that are not particularly pleased at what they're seeing at the moment. Yeah, I think... And that's not particularly surprising. It was a, a boring game, essentially. Um, it was a you know it was drab. There was few chances. You know both for City and for Southampton. Really, it was you know a lot of I felt like defensive setup from both teams, um, and there just wasn't much excitement. Maybe that's because it's the end of the season. But I think you'd you'd expect to see a little bit more than that for the money you, that you pay to to get into the stadium. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I was listening to um, um, a debate on the radio station coming into work today, and it sounded very, very similar. It wasn't Leicester fans; it was Everton fans mm-hmm. saying the same thing. And it's remarkable they're both in the same situation in the table, uh, but they're not happy with the style of football they're watching. Even though they're very, they've got no relegation fears. They're in the top half, look comfortable for a top ten finish, mm-hmm. um, but they're still disenchantment both at Goodison and at the King Power Stadium. Fans really want more than they're seeing at the moment, don't they? Yeah, but I think that you know it is it is entertainment. It is supposed to be entertaining, and I don't think there's. Um, it, I mean, particularly with Leicester having won the league, I think there's maybe now a, a sense that more, survival, just survival, is not good enough. There needs to be some kind of you know something to get excited about and something that's enjoyable to watch. Um, but as you say, it's, it's, it's the same with Everton, and I imagine it will be the same with a lot of Premier League clubs. You know, it was the same at Southampton last season under under Powell. They did finished eighth in the in the league. They were fairly comfortable, but that there was still that disenchantment there because the the football wasn't interesting enough for them. Um, so it's I'm not surprised that the fans are frustrated um, in that regard. I, mean, I suppose expectations have uh, have been raised, haven't they? Let's yeah. see, when you think what the incredible journey we've had over the last few years with the the incredible title success and uh, you know and the Champions League adventure we had and it was feel like a missed opportunity this season in many respects both in the cups as well as in the league um, so that can manifest itself yeah. can't it into that frustration boiling over that sense that you know this isn't good enough for, for what we expect now uh, whereas before, you know when the first season in the Premier League when they're fighting the greatest game and they you know they managed it by winning seven of the last nine games the, the contrast in even though the league position is very different, the contrast in the mood then to now yeah. is quite quite stark. But let's talk about a couple of the um, the, the big decisions because Puel has been criticised for some of his um, selections and sticking with certain players. 
Well, he changed it for the Southampton game. Then he, Wes Morgan, the captain, dropped for the first time for a league game. Uh, well, we, as far as we can remember, ever. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless under Puel, ever. Yeah. Uh, and then Danny Simpson as well being left out for Mark Albrighton at right back. What did you make of both of those decisions? Um, I thought it was interesting, but I th- particularly interesting given that Puel said in the press conference beforehand that the Southampton game would be the start of the new season for him. And all of a sudden he's making these grand changes, he's, he's dropping the, the captain, he's bringing in a winger at right back. Um, I thought the changes worked okay. I think um, Dragovic was fairly comfortable, he didn't do anything particularly um, uh, out there or particularly brilliant, but he was, he was steady as we saw when he, um, when he came in for Morgan when Morgan was injured. Um, Albrighton, I think, is an interesting change. I think Puel clearly wants more attacking fullbacks, and that's that's clearly something um, we're going to get onto one of yes, those options yeah. in a bit. Um, it's clearly something he he desires for his team, uh, and I thought Albrighton did really well. Is you know he created Leicester's best chance with the ball over the top to Vardy. Um, defensively, he didn't look too troubled, but I think that there's potential to say that Southampton didn't really attack Leicester all that much, so it was one of the easier games to to look good defensively in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought the, the changes worked reasonably well and I think we'll probably see them, um, maybe see Dragovic and Albrighton start again in those same positions against Palace. Well, I'd like to see Albrighton played in a game where he's going to be put under more pressure defensively before we can really judge him uh, and say that's the future role for him as an attacking uh, fullback. Because I remember when he had to switch to uh, right back after Danny Marty got injured against Bournemouth, he had a bit of a shocker defensively, yeah. didn't he? And he gave away a penalty and... Uh, he, he just didn't look comfortable there but he has got that range of passing and that ability to, to get crosses in and support Riyad Mahrez in an attacking sense whether he can cover for Mahrez like Danny Simpson does I doubt but um, it's interesting and I, yeah. and I think that's, that's got to be noted by the fans hasn't it that Puel is prepared to have a look at these, yeah. these options he's, 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 he's having a look at these things and look, Hamza Chowdhury as well um, Hamza's still around the first team squad, and obviously that you know that was needs must in many respects with the injuries. But um, the fact that you know he's willing to dip into the under twenty threes and, and have a look at some of these players as well, that's got to be a positive, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's clear signs that Powell is is willing to change things, is willing to experiment, is willing to look at all of the options available to him um, to try and create the best footballing side he can. I think there's um he, he's, he's clearly trying to. To build a side, and he said that he said he, he he's, he's a builder, uh, not a firefighter, and I think that's clear um, from his team selection. So, yes, I think that would be a, a positive uh, to take if you had to you had to look at the positives. That looking forward, it, it seems okay, but I think it's it's the present where there's the problems because Leicester is not quite exciting enough at the moment. And that's been the problem for Puel in English football. His reputation from in front French football was that. It was the second season when you really saw, you know, his ability. I mean, he, he don't, he's got a very good record in France, but he was given a number of seasons as yeah. one of his jobs really to to get going. The second season, his teams would kick on. Southampton, he got them to eighth into a cup final. Wasn't allowed that second season. You got to hope that he's going to get a second season there, so we can truly judge him really because he took over in October when City were in a bit of a difficult situation, and uh, and he and he did guide them away from that, and uh, they did have a fantastic spell over Christmas when they were played some lovely football I thought and they had a good run of uh, victories there it's just all gone a bit awry uh, it always feels like a, a faulty clock where one of the cogs isn't just quite in the right place at the moment they're trying to play a certain style of football they're trying to pass it they're not passing it fast enough it just seems like there's an element that's out of 
kilter at the moment. And, and once that all clicks into place, then they should be okay. Yeah, I think there's, and I think recently Puel has been saying that when Leicester's tempo has not been quite right, and people have been saying it's been boring, he's been saying, well, I, this tempo isn't good enough. This is not what I want. I think the perhaps the one of the frustrating things with the Southampton game was that he did come out afterwards and say that was a good performance. Now I think that kind of thing when the fans have sat there and watched it and it, you know it, it certainly didn't look like a good performance. I think Paul Wells probably thinking about it from the point of view that Leicester didn't really concede many chances. There was only really one chance that Southampton had. You know they kept a clean sheet and he's probably looking at it from that point of view. Um, but yes, you've got to hope that. That he will get a second season. I'm all, all for for patience. I think that that um, you can't really judge a manager in less than a season. I, to be honest, I don't. I didn't think Shakespeare deserved to be sacked either. Um, so I don't think Puel deserves to to leave before he's had a chance. You know, to, to go through a summer, to go through a pre-season, um, and, uh, and see how next season goes. Well, it's going to be a really important summer, isn't it, in terms of the transfer market? And already the, the rumours are rife about certain players that City could be looking at to bring in. Um, the one that we've heard lately is Ricardo Pereira, yeah. uh, Porto right back, uh, Portugal international, only, although only three caps and um, it's unlikely to go to the World Cup, is that yeah, right? It seems right, yeah. So, But we understand there is definitely a, an interest there and he is an option that City have been weighing up. They've probably already started speaking to Porto about a possibility because they've got to get everything lined up very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, because of the World Cup right smack in the middle of it, it's going to make it difficult to deal with uh, players and the fact that um, to do domestic deals, they, they've got a much earlier transfer deadline. But what, what have you made of Pereira? Because I know you had a little look at him, didn't you? Yeah, it, it seems like he fits the bill. Um, you know, he's he is attacking. Um, I think he, he played last night and got his seventh assist of the season, which is you know pretty good going for a, um, for a right-back. He's got European experience. He's playing in the Champions League. I think one of the crucial things is that he's played under Puel before, um, at, 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 on, a, on a loan spell at Nice uh, when Puel was there, uh, and, and did really well. And I think that will probably benefit if he does sign. If, that will benefit his his bedding in time. Um, there won't be as much of that, and hopefully things can click straight away. I think we've seen with a lot of the players that City have bought from overseas, they've needed that time to to really settle in. But hopefully, he wouldn't need that. Um, but he's he's clearly attacking. He's clearly very talented. I think you know there's been um, lots of rave reviews over the past uh, few months about his performances. You know, lots of um, journalists in Portugal saying this guy should be playing for a Champions League club. Um, so I think it would be a, a. It seems like it would be an extremely good signing for Leicester uh, if if they could get him. I think the reported figure of twenty two million that yeah, that, 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 that Porto amounts, are looking yeah. for and. You know, in the current market, and when English clubs come calling as well, the uh, European clubs inflate their prices anyway because they know they can afford it. I mean, thirty million pounds for Islam Slomani is a case in point, isn't it? It's a market they've known quite well. They've worked quite well, isn't it, in in Portugal um, with Slomani with Silva, and if Pereira comes in, that's a, another one as well that uh, they're looking at. I would imagine there'll be quite a few coming in. I mean, I think there'll be quite a few going out as well yeah. during the summer. The lads are out on loan now. I mean, Moose's looking like a completely different player at yeah. CSK Moscow, back out there on loan. Samani's made his first start now for Newcastle, and uh, I mean, they've, they've been waiting for that for a long time. Yeah. Um, just imagine he'll go. Uh, I mean, Andy King, whether he wants to make that yeah. deal with Swansea, that's another one. Then you've got Hoof and Hamer out of uh, a contract. I spoke to Ben Hamer after the Southampton game, and uh, 
I said to him, uh, are you a case in point of players still having somebody to play for this season? Because he's paying for his future. Yeah. He's paying for a contract either at City or elsewhere. And the way he was talking, it doesn't look like he's going to get a contract at City. So mm. he's putting himself in the shop window and reminding people that he is about because he referred to himself as a ghost. Yeah. What did you make of Ben Hamer? Um, I, I thought his performance was, was very good. I think he, he looked really comfortable. He had you know that that one moment where he needed to to shine, and he, he uh, got down well and was alert to stop uh, Shane Long's uh, shot. Um, yeah, and I thought he you know he looked comfortable from crosses and things like that, and it was well worth a clean sheet. Um, so yeah, I th- in terms of you know putting his himself out there before to try and get a new deal somewhere. Um, I thought I thought he did a decent job. Well, I hope he gets it as well because he's had four years at the club, seventeen appearances. Mm. I mean, that's woeful amounts of football, really, for a for a yeah. goalkeeper. Um, but away from the, the lads that are t- uh, trying to earn uh, new deals or convince Puel that they should still be part of his plans, there's some youngsters as well. I've got an opportunity to convince Puel that they are ready now to come through. And let's talk about the under 23s because they've had a phenomenal season. They just finished their Premier League uh, campaign. And they look, they're not, they've been picked to the title by Arsenal, but it's still been a, a magnificent campaign, hasn't it? Yeah, given where they were last year, they they stayed up on the with uh, with a win in the last game of the season uh, last year. So to to turn that around and challenge for the title, um, you know, it, it is really good going. I think they've got a lot of players that are now ready for senior football. I think they've got they've got a lot of players that. are are at the edge of youth football, and they you know they've got they've already had experience of senior football, so that they're going to look want to look to, to progress. We've seen that you know the likes of Chowdhury and um, and Barnes have, have, have played in the senior team and not really looked out of place. Um, so I think that's certainly something we could we could see more of in the future. Um, and I'm particularly excited by Barnes. I think he's a, a, a really good player, really intelligent player. He's got another two goals last night where his movement was really good and you know his alertness and awareness and that kind of thing um, so I, I'd certainly like to see more of him perhaps over these last four games and I well gave him his Premier League debut against Southampton and came on for the final uh, couple of minutes um, so to see him play a little bit more over these pa- final four games that I think that would be uh, quite good to see Well I know the City fans will be expecting City to spend a lot of money especially after uh announcing record profits um, but do you think some of these lads that could save the club a few Bob I mean what's the point of investing the millions in your academy if the lads are coming through you're not going to give them a, a chance but it looks like Pua will give them a chance and he's got that reputation for doing that throughout his career and there's a number of players and we spoke about it before we came on to do this podcast about some of the lads that have got senior experience like Sam Hughes yeah. uh, George Thomas uh, Harvey Barnes from MK and Barnsley you know, and you can tell the difference between them and the the, young, the younger lads, the lads that have just been playing at that level. They're ready now, aren't they? Yeah, I think you 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 do see that when when they have that experience of senior football and then they come back to a an under twenty three level, it it is a little bit men against boys. You can you can see that difference. Um, they just look more. They look stronger, but they also look more aware of the space around them and how to and exploit defenses and things like that. Um, so yes, I think certainly something that that Leicester could look at to think, okay, maybe let's not spend ten million pounds on this player. Let's have a can this uh, this young lad do a job. Um, I think it's clear Powell will do that. We know, we, as you said, he's got that reputation. You know, he brought the likes of Hazard into the Lille first team when he was sixteen um, because he thought he was good enough. So if, I think if if he thinks um, the players are good enough, he will give them. Uh, he will give them a game and I think 
it's quite good to have Puel as manager when he's got that reputation because he's clearly a very good judge of young talent and whether they are ready to make the step up and whether they are, you know, worth um, first-team football. So, um, yeah, I think that that's something that Leicester will have to look at before they go and splash the cash. Well, there's certainly a young core to this side now, isn't there? And uh, the one signing that Puel has brought in is Vassini Diabate, yeah. um, who's only a young, youngster from uh, second tier of French football. So he's obviously decided he's good enough to because he's thrown straight in. We all yeah. expected him to be in the in the 23s mm. for the rest of the season, but he, he threw him straight in, didn't he? And uh, made his mark at Peterborough in the FA Cup. Um, so I think that would be quite an exciting one for the future. But let's talk about another academy um, product that's no longer with the club. Um, Jeff Schlopp, I mean, he came yeah. through and he looks like he's going to be fit enough to face his former club again on Saturday. Crystal Palace away, always a tough one to go. Great atmosphere at Sellers Park, but always a, a tough place to go for City. I mean, it's, if they're going to get back to some sort of form, that's going to be a tough one to do. Yeah, yeah I think particularly with, with Palace still needing a few more points to for survival, um, I think, uh, you know, in these sorts of games, when you get to this stage of the season, as Leicester have experienced in the past, if you're a team at the bottom, you want to be playing mid-table teams. You don't want to be playing teams around you because you know then it becomes a six-pointer and there's loads of pressure on it. But playing against mid-table teams with not very much to fight for, they're the teams you want to play against. Leicester had great joy against those sorts of teams when they were fighting to survive a few years ago, um, and even last season. Um, so, yes, it will be a very difficult game, um, and I suppose there's a. I suppose Maybe having Jeff Schlupp there gives it a, maybe a little bit of a, an, an added edge, uh, gives the Leicester players something to you know to, to go up against. So um, yeah, I mean, I imagine it would be an interesting game, but it would be a, it would be an excellent game for Leicester to get back to winning ways uh, because I do think it is a it's a difficult game to get three points from. I mean, for them to survive from the position they were in yeah, at the start, at the of, the start season, of season, yeah. it was quite a remarkable job. We talk, started the podcast talking about perceptions and expectations. I mean perception there with they they were dead and buried. Yeah. Uh, there was no way back. But Hodgson's done a fantastic job there, hasn't he? And and, and you look at the squad and the players they've got at their disposal, they sh- they shouldn't have ever been in that position. Yeah, I know and I think that's the the case with a lot of clubs. You'd say that uh, about a lot of the teams that are, are down at the bottom. Um, you know, you wouldn't have before the season started you wouldn't have said that West Brom, Southampton, Stoke would be in the bottom three, mm-hmm. uh, looking at their teams. Um so I think that's a you know that's a a real sign of how tight the league is, and what you know, you know, in an, an alternate alternate universe, what it could have looked like for Leicester City. Um, you know, Leicester do have a similar squad in terms of levels of, of ability to all those teams that are around them. So to finish eighth or to finish to be in the top half, um, I think is a is a decent achievement when you when you do look at Southampton and Stoke and, and, and Palace and, and how their seasons have panned out. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Check back on the Mercury website and our Facebook page. Uh, for all the stories and all the big build-up to Saturday's game at Crystal Palace. Um, check back on the uh, website as well. We'll have live blogs running throughout the week and on the match day as well, so you can follow all the action from Sellers Park on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page. Thank you.